0: Welcome to the Dusty Jobs Podcast from Imperial Systems, industry knowledge to make your job easier and safer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dusty Jobs Podcast. We're glad to have you guys with us today. Uh, Today we have a really interesting guest, Corbett Hefner of Formation Ag. How are you doing today, Corbett?
1: Excellent. How are you guys?
0: Doing good, doing good. So uh Corb's gonna be here talking to us about the hemp industry, right? Correct. That's right. Now you guys are based out of uh, Colorado, is that right?
1: Right, Monta Vista, Colorado, up in the mountains. There
0: you there you go, there you go. So Corbin, how did you get started in this whole interesting world of uh, you know agricultural uh products and uh, where, where'd you get started and how'd you end up here
1: well i've been in agriculture my entire life my family was in fertilizer and uh, we had some farming a uh, little bit of farming on the side and i've always farmed and uh, my degree was in plant pathology so i've always had an interest in agriculture in one shape or another but i i was in the flexible packaging industry plastic mesh and fresh produce bags for 25 some odd years and uh It was in Texas and Wisconsin for the bulk of it. Wisconsin, and we decided to move back to our home area to be by our family in in 2016, 2015. I don't remember now. But uh, anyway, about that time, I I started with power zone equipment slash power zone agriculture in in, um, mid-2016. As engineering manager slash hemp person because – power zone equipment made petroleum fluid moving products, uh, you know, large industrial pumps, bewatering watering for mines, salt water uh, kind mm-hmm. of things, huge, huge pumps. And in 2015, when oil went kind of south, they were looking for other things to keep their staff busy. And uh, one of the salesmen said, hey, you know, this hemp thing is just starting to take off where we live in Monta Vistas in the San Luis Valley of Colorado, which is a very large agricultural area. I think there's 150,000, no, it's more than that, 150, 170,000 square acres of, of uh, might be square mile, actually, of farm ground here. It's all irrigated farm ground, but this is a very, very large potato area, second or third largest potato area in the country. And uh-huh. hemp, because of its water uh, consumption, is a really good rotation crop to go into the potatoes. Uh, Cored barley is grown here, a lot of other vegetables like spinach or lettuce, uh, some carrots, etc., quinoa, a little canola, but hemp fits into the rotation strategy because of its—it's uh, it's very easy on water. It does not need a lot of water. It'll yeah. take whatever you want to feed it, but it doesn't need it, and that's a major issue in our in our area. So in 2016, they hired me on as that managing position, and uh, was supposed to do a little double duty there for a while. It was about 80% engineering and 20% hemp, and that made it about six weeks when cbd and and the hemp industry just exploded and got out of the engineering manager thing and then started the the just only focused on hemp equipment Uh, we built the first because we thought that was a bottleneck in the industry because we fully since since the onset of the industry thought the grain fiber herd aspect of the hemp business is where the bigger uses is are and and definitely from an acreage standpoint and a viability for helping farmers be a little more autonomous that this was the approach we got into cbd harvesting because we found there just wasn't a very good uh, cbd harvesting solution so we built the clean cut harvesters for whole plant horticultural style farming we have the clean strip machine for bud uh, type harvesting when you're on narrow spacings uh, for growing cbd it also works for hemp grain um we've got a corbett
0: i'm gonna have to I'm going to have to pause you here because you're telling me so much information. I'm not catching it at all. Hold on. So the first thing you guys developed was what? Because I'd, I'd love to know. This. The first the thing you guys built was
1: the cord machine. The cordication equipment.
0: The ah. cordication,
1: separating the fiber from the herd, right? Gotcha. That's where you get your okay. okay. opportunity for textiles, or cordage, or cellulose, or insulation. Okay. The fiber herd is your... Uh, animal bedding, hempcrete—you know, for the two things oh. that people are probably most familiar with—which is yeah, nice about yes you guys. Because when you decorticate, you create an enormous amount of dust.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So you have a, a big dust plume when you do that process, right? So that was the first machine you guys worked on. So what was the next thing? I, I, I heard you say it, but I'm still trying to CBD learn more about this. CBD harvest. So we
1: went from decortication. We were we were probably five years early on decortication. We've never uh-huh. stopped working on decortication, uh, right? To get long line fiber, which is the goal of our equipment, uh, and uh-huh. very very good clean herd. Um, we've never stopped working on it the whole time, but we got into CBD harvesting because we we're a custom machine shop, and people asked us to build it, and we did, and it works well, right? Uh, and we've developed uh, basically now we have four different harvesters for you know okay. two that are more focused on CBD. Um, one for uh, grain slash cbd and now we've got a dual head one uh, that we're building in conjunction with Bish enterprises that mount on any combine that allows farms to basically dual crop grain and fiber uh, and do the harvest in one pass without having a dedicated very very expensive monster of a machine we can implement this machine on pretty much any piece of equipment uh, take it off of that combine and let it go back to any other harvest crop that it wants to do without modifying so, the machine.
0: So it's just a a new combine head that'll go onto any combine, but mm-hmm. it's good for harvesting. Now, is that just for the fibers, or is it
1: harvesting the CBDs, or will it do both? Grain, it's it's more geared towards grain, which is your gotcha. hemp hearts and uh, cold press oil seeds, etc. But oh. underneath that grain head is the fiber head. So we've got this patent on this thing because uh, it's very, very unique. The the only approach in dual head harvesting at the moment are, are European and they're not autonomous. You can't take this head off and and uh, or you can't take the existing head off of machinery and put them back to use in other crops easily. Uh, this one it's just it's literally an attachment for a combine. And then we can collect the chaff out of the back with our grasshopper collection cart. And we've got 20-some-odd different types of machines that we've um, either adapted or engineered from scratch for the hemp industry, whether it's harvesting, processing, or decortication of the fiber and herd, grain cleaning equipment. Uh, For CBD, we can separate the flower from the stalk without destroying the trichomes. And we've got a lot of different machines we've had to uh, engineer and, and innovate from scratch to help support the industry.
0: Wow, that you, it and sounds like a lot stuff, yeah, you have, like you've uh, you've kind of taken the process from the beginning uh, almost the whole way through here for someone. so if someone is looking at getting into this, if there's a farmer out there who is looking to get into this, they would I mean it sounds like you guys might just be able to walk them right through the whole thing.
1: Well, we started a, a consultant group and a processing group, so we've got everything from genetics. To all the way to offtake finished good products out of fiber and herd uh, that we can help collaborate with, with these farms and uh, make it a viable crop for them. We, we had places to take the crops. So we had to, we saw that as a necessity. We had to get basically vertically integrated from seed to sale, if you will, uh, to, to yeah. make the, the industry move forward. It just wasn't moving at the rate that we, we thought it should, because uh, we want to make a lot of machinery for people. Because our overall goal here is to help support these these farms, uh, they needed another crop that they can get some revenue off of and get a little more control over their debt. and hemp was a perfect crop to do that with.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and like you said, it's, uh, it's definitely been a growing industry and it's it's taken off. Um, so, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have seen that you've innovated to overcome? I mean, uh, we you know we talk about dust, we do a lot with dust here. Um, and you, I know with you guys, you guys also help manage that process on your plant so that it's a safe environment for the farmers and for the workers. But what are some other things that might be a challenge that you guys have just innovated and, and overcome?
1: Definitely having offtake for these different crops uh, because of the, this, there's so many uses for this plant, finish use, finished good uses for it it's kind of hard to put your finger on something and say, this is what I'm going to go after. So trying to build equipment that is easily adaptable and flexible to help mm. the customers put out the most flexible finished good they can was, was definitely a challenge because different genetics, different farming locations, different farming conditions, agronomy-wise, um, you know, latitude, longitude, fertility, moisture, all can affect how the hemp grows and definitely can affect how you process the, the hemp stock. I'm talking stocks for dust collection. Um, it definitely affects that. So to engineer these machines to be flexible and adaptable, uh, we're building our systems uh, modular. So if, if you don't need really high end clean fiber, you don't have to purchase those machines. Uh, uh-huh. If you want really good controlled and milled herd down to small sizes, then then we have you know like your dust collection systems integrated with with the dual vacuum hammer mills because uh, we can grind the herd down to 20 microns 50 microns um, but the smaller you go with the particle size the harder it is to handle it uh, we struggle with the dust collection i mean it, it's tough it is so small uh, it's tough to create a draw to get everything out of the machinery but right every lot can be different every set of bales can be different so that, that's a real challenge is how do you engineer for every single eventuality and you just, you know, you just can't. At some point in time, we, we learn constantly. So we pivot constantly. The big, you know, big major scenery manufacturers hate that. They want to draw something and just make it over and over again. And we haven't had that luxury yet. We're getting to where the main machinery design hasn't been changing, but some of these ancillary pieces of equipment to finish it, we keep modifying and changing because we learn all the time. The new yeah. application needs a different technique.
0: It sounds like you guys are uh, like able to be nimble and reactive to what your customer needs are. And that uh, sounds like a big right. thing in this industry that, you know, depending on what direction someone is going to take that product, you guys are able to help them come up with a solution for it, if I'm hearing this right.
1: Right. Yeah, we have to be flexible. That's the biggest challenge is how do you engineer uh, to provide a flexible platform, a flexible piece of machinery Uh, to break the products down into what people are asking for. If you don't have a home for the product, if you don't have a sale for your goods, then it's kind of hard to stay in business. So so that's been one of our biggest challenges really is how do you, how do you tackle everything and do a good job at it? So, yeah,
0: well, it sounds like you guys are working hard at it and you keep, uh, keep figuring it out as it goes along here and continuing to innovate. Um, So if you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, where do you think the future of the industry is going? What do you think is going to be the, uh, the realm where is it going to be genetics where, you know, it helps make things uh, more universal or, or more common or what, what do you see uh, being in the industry where it's going to go?
1: I, I still think the fiber and herd market the, is, is, is probably the bigger sector of this business, just because there's so many uses from plastics to textiles I mean and everything in between. Yeah. Um, I mean that—that's the bigger acreage consumption uh, of this crop, because you know you got to recognize the more acres we plant a hemp, and the more acres we pull out of traditional uh, grain crops, you know, corns, uh, wheat, barley, whatever it is, that's going to help those commodity prices stabilize too, and and provide a little bit better of a financial future for these farms. Um, right. That—that's probably the bigger one. I mean, everybody wants to do textiles, but that's probably one of the harder endeavors in this this industry we've we've successfully made fibers to do that uh, but we've lost the infrastructure in the US to finish the fibers and get it into that 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 state so we're having to do quite a bit of work now on uh, reinvigorating that and getting that equipment either back or innovating because you know when when we lost that equipment you know 40 50 60 years ago 80 years ago uh, the way that machinery ran with the number of People that it took to run it, I don't think we can duplicate in today's market. It would be too costly. You just can't find that those that amount of people anymore. Labor is becoming a very scarce resource. So to to just say okay, I'll just bring all that infrastructure back. I don't know if that's going to work. We just don't have the the number of people to run it. Um, Right. So we're going to have to do a lot of innovation in there to close this gap. Once I've got the fiber into a thread, then I can do a lot of different work in it. Know, from textiles, cordage, whatever the case may be. Um, but from clean fiber to a thread, filaments, what I call them, that's the plastic name for an individual piece. But there's still a lot to be learned there. And that's what we're working on right now. Or I am personally, I still do a lot of the development and R&D uh, for the company.
0: Well, that's great. I didn't even know that the uh, the hemp product could be used as a, as a plastic supplement. Is that what it would be used in, in that realm to help? eliminate the plastic it would be more of a hemp plastic
1: at some point in time when I mean, people have, have done on lab scale a little isolation work and they believe they can make a resin pellet in essence and make a truly degradable plastic out of it uh, at the moment when we when we use the, uh, the the micronized product you know 50 microns or less you can actually blend it into plastic now as an additive it's not mm-hmm. a true biodegradable but it's a source reduction technique and Brilliant. that lets you a little better I mean you don't have to have I mean it'd be awesome if we could have 100% biodegradable in plastic today but I'm also pretty realistic and know that it's going to have to be a a slow roll approach adaptation and acceptance of those products is going to take them a little bit Uh, performance is everything in plastics if you make a a mesh you know for uh, filter media spun-blown spun-blown filter media stuff it's got to perform so you know, to get to get people to switch from what they're doing today—that's known and, and established—and you can produce to a standard—is is one thing. And putting in a substitution that's completely different it takes a little while to accept that. So you got to be realistic about it. But it's going to happen. I mean, there's some sharp people out there working on that. I'm really excited to see what they come up with. It because I, I used a lot of plastic, and I would love to see that happen.
0: Yeah, that I think that would just be great for, for everybody, great for agriculture, great for the environment, great great for everybody. If we can start to find clean, renewable resources that help, uh, you know, help eliminate some of these other areas that we're um,
1: struggling in a little bit right now. So you bet. paper pulp might be an easier one, but it's large, large scale. Um, but I have seen 100 percent machine made hemp paper done in the U.S. It's a little narrow web. It's twenty four or twenty eight inches wide, but what the heck of a start! It's a really beautiful stuff. Yeah, really excited to see what they do in the paper industry. Right?
0: Yes. Yeah, instead of having to harvest a tree that takes you know twenty to thirty years to mature, if you could have a crop that is every year, that would be another great you know great area that we could could use that in. This is all exciting stuff. Um, we're glad that you guys are are working on it and, and helping innovate, not just for uh, you know, the health and safety of the people working on it, but man, you're, you're helping with, it sounds like the health and safety of everybody in the general population too, with, uh, innovation in this, this world.
1: It's all tied together. It is. You can't have one without the other. We've got to keep taking those steps.
0: Yep. Yep. It takes a while. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, well, nothing simple is, uh, is done overnight, Right
1: no never is but we've we've lost some of our patients in the country so innovation and true paradigm shifting technology takes a little bit it does it does
0: but we're glad to have uh people like you guys working on it and uh you know that's kind of what we do here too in imperial is try to continue to innovate and uh help help people like you uh whenever you guys are trying to make a cleaner environment for the workers that's what we're doing here and it's glad it's great to see other people working on innovating for the health and safety of not just those that are working, but, you know, the overall environment and uh, providing resources for people to be able to do that. Um, Well, Corbett, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to say or touch on uh, about you guys, but I mean, I really appreciate the time you've given us here. Is there anything else you want to say?
1: No, you know, if they want to your audience was to look at what we've got. You can go to our uh, formation-ag.com website and look at some of the machines that we've got and, you know, follow, yeah. you know LinkedIn stuff. I post different stuff that, that we do in the industry and, you know, right, wrong, and different. It's all out there and you take a look at it. And if you learn something from it, great. If you got questions, let us know. We're always happy to talk about uh, agriculture, farming and farming of hemp and, and equipment for that and, you know, solutions for, for people's problems. That's why we're here is to help them solve their problems.
0: Yep. And that's uh what was your website? One more time. Formation.
1: Formation dot ag.com.
0: Formation dash ag.com. That's great. You guys are on LinkedIn and, and probably all the social media platforms, correct?
1: Everything. There yeah. you go. We're, we're a bunch of engineering kind of guys, so we're probably not as good at it as we should be, but <laughs> we've got it out there.
0: You guys aren't wor- worried about as much of the Instagram as uh, trying to actually come up with the solutions for the problems, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, during harvest, I didn't put anything out there for probably six or eight weeks. I just, I, we got busy. A couple of us got coronavirus and that really screwed up our harvest plan and season. So we didn't do very good at it. Yeah, but we worry about other stuff before that. that, well, that right now we're worried that's... about supply chain issues.
0: <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's everywhere but if we are able to start figuring out some of these things with hemp and then we can bring that all back to the states and be able to produce those products here locally uh, that'll help us as a country as an economy too so
1: absolutely there's no reason we can't do filter media for these your collector kind of machine it's going to take a look but it's a very viable solution
0: yeah yeah so Well, hey, I just want to say thanks again for coming on today. We appreciate it. Um, If anybody out there is interested in uh, finding out more about Imperial Systems, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, Spotify. You can look us up on all of those things. Corbett, once again, thanks for coming. We appreciate all the information you've given us. It's just a wealth of knowledge. We're excited to see where you guys are going. And uh, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Stay healthy and stay safe, and we'll catch up with you next time.
1: Thanks, Don. Appreciate the time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dusty Jobs Podcast. Breathe better, work safer.